I'm going to talk about confession and repentance, but I'm going to set it up by showing you something. This is the second part of the new birth experience. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, I want to show you this. God says to them, but when he uses the word them, the woman is not physically present. The woman is actually inside the man. I want you to get this. So God is actually speaking directly to the man. The woman is in the man. She doesn't hear because she has not been built or created yet. God cuts a covenant with the man. It's important for you to know that God does not make a covenant with Eve. He makes a covenant with Adam. I'm going to prove this to you. And only Adam can affect the covenant. This is why when Eve eats of the fruit, nothing happens. Hope you notice that. She eats of the fruit, everything is fine because God had not cut a covenant with her. He cut a covenant with him. When he eats of the fruit, then their eyes are open and the creation is plummeted into darkness, chaos and things. But God enters and he says, these are called the blessings. He says, part of that covenant, I want you to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, have dominion. These are the blessings. So what we understand is through covenant, God does two things. He executes his will through a covenant or an agreement. And he also releases his blessings through that same agreement. And in every covenant, there are prohibitions, things you can and cannot do. So in the beginning, there was really only one thing that God said to the man in Genesis 2.17. You can eat all these trees as you're being fruitful, as you're multiplying. I just don't want you to see that tree in the middle. I don't want you to touch that tree. Don't eat of that tree. We know the story very well. Adam takes from the woman. He eats. They eat. And in that moment, he breaks the covenant with God. And of course, because he breaks the covenant with God, curses are released in the earth. We see this in Genesis chapter 3. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. So curses, this disempowerment to prosper, it's released in the earth. The covenant is broken. And I will also teach you this. The Sabbath of God that Adam had entered into, that rest with God, that was also broken as well. As the Bible goes further, God seeks for people, individuals first, that he can enter into covenant with in hopes of restoring that which was lost. So as you march further in Genesis chapter 9, I'm going to show you, God finds Noah. And then he says this to Noah, with you I'm going to establish my covenant. And he establishes an agreement with Noah. But what you're going to see in the Bible, which is very important, each of these individuals, every single one that God chooses, whether they be a person or a nation, they lack the ability to keep the covenant. That's very, very important. There'll be no one in the Bible until we get to a certain person who has the ability or is able to keep and maintain and thus fulfill the covenant. When God makes a covenant with Noah in Genesis chapter 8 and 9, he uses the same language of Genesis chapter 1. Be fruitful, Noah. Multiply. Replenish the earth. Have dominion. And so Noah begins to work this covenant, and because he cannot keep the covenant, 
He falls drunk in his tent. He's inebriated by the very thing he's planted. As a result of that, there's an interaction between him and one of his sons. He ends up cursing his grandson, and you can see that he lacks the ability to keep the covenant. God marches a little further. He finds a second person, pulls that person out, and that person is Abram or Abraham. And what God says to Abraham in Genesis 15, I'm going to establish my covenant with you. And he enters into a covenant. The one with Noah is called the Noahic covenant. We can still even see vestiges of that covenant in that the rainbow comes out in most cases after it rains. God says to Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a seed, a land, all of these promises. And just like Noah, Abraham, even though he tries to be faithful, and even though he's a friend of God, he cannot keep the covenant. He struggles because he doesn't, he, he fears, and so he lies about Sarah. He jumps ahead of God and he produces an illegitimate seed called Ishmael. And he does a few things that show us that he doesn't have the ability to keep the covenant. And so God continues a march. Watch. God is in search of someone who can keep covenant. That someone is not you and I. Watch closely. When he finds David in First Samuel, Second Samuel chapter 7, he enters a covenant with David. I don't have those scriptures, but Second Samuel chapter 7 promises David an everlasting seed that will not fail you to be a man that sits upon your throne. In other words, from your sons, David, there's going to be a king always. This land is going to be yours, etc., etc. That's called the Davidic covenant. God makes that one. Of course, you know what David does, right? And you see a pattern. David sleeps with Bathsheba, kills Uriah. The Bible is trying to show us, watch closely, that you and I, I want you to hear this, cannot keep covenant. That's why you've got to be careful when you say, I'm in covenant with God. Because we have proven that you and I cannot keep covenant. So the Bible marches further and along comes Jesus Christ. I want you to get this. When Jesus comes, God finds someone who he can enter into covenant with who would not break the covenant. I want you to listen carefully. And so what God does through his son, he enters a covenant with Jesus Christ. The only person who can keep the covenant and not break it. I need your minds thinking now. And so everything you think and know about covenant, Jesus is able to fulfill that. I will show you in the Bible what the Bible has to say about him. So for instance, if God needs... Uh, uh, well, this is Moses and the children of Israel. You know that covenant, so we don't have to even talk about this one. But, but um, I, I want to go to Jesus... Uh, It's going to come. Yes. In Hebrews chapter 2, when God needed, because every covenant requires a mediator. When God needed a mediator, he looked to Jesus to be the mediator for that covenant. And watch what the Bible says. And for this cause, he, that's Jesus, is the mediator of the new, the word testament there is the Greek term for covenant. That by means of his death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first covenant, they 
which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. He's the mediator of the covenant. I like this. I'm going to go a little further. He is also the testator of the covenant. He is the one making the covenant with God, and that covenant cannot take force or be enforced until he dies. And so he's going to cut a covenant with God in his own body or through his own death. As you know, in the Old Testament, when you make a covenant, you kill animals, blood is shed, things like that. Well, for this covenant here, he is going to shed his own blood. He's going to kill him, give his own life for, to establish this covenant. So the Bible says, for where a testament is, there must also be the necessity of the death of the testator. But here's the one that I like. This is the one that I want you to see. In Hebrews chapter 9, it says, For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, there's no strength at all while the testator lives. Verse 18 says, Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. We know that. Something had to die. For when Moses had spoken every precept, all the people, according to the law, he took the blood of calves, goats, with water, wool, hyssop, sprinkled the book of the covenant and all the people with the blood of the covenant, saying, this is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. That's Old Testament Israel. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew twenty six twenty eight. For this is my blood of the new testament which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Here's what I want to tell you. God is not in a covenant with us. God is in a covenant with Jesus. <laughs> I want you to hear me. God is not in a covenant with us. God is in a covenant with Jesus. I want you to hear me. God is not in a covenant with us. God is in a covenant with Jesus. The Father is in a covenant with the Son. I want you to think about that just for a moment. I know you're kind of working your head thinking Pastor Michael's gone off now. He's a little crazy. The Father is in a covenant with the Son. Because it is only the Son that can keep covenant. If you and I are in covenant with God, if you're honest with yourself, we break it all the time. The strength of the new covenant is not that it is made with us. It is that it's made with Jesus. And he is the one that is in covenant with God. And so what God does now, watch this. When I get saved, when you give your life to God, he takes you and he translates you and puts you in the body of the one that he is in covenant with. Listen, do you have Colossians chapter 1? I think it's verse... Uh, uh, 18, but I could be wrong, where it says God has translated us out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So when you read the New Testament, you're going to see this phrase, 
if any man be say it louder if any man be the one who keeps watch watch when you sin when i sin we don't break covenant <laughs> if it's the devil that's trying to fool you we grieve the one whom god is in covenant with but the covenant does not break i feel god we've made it about us and that's a weak covenant we've proven that all through the bible if it's about me it breaks every day if it's about him it's an eternal covenant that cannot be broken that's what satan doesn't want you to know when you sin the covenant is not broken because it was never made with <laughs> you're starting to nod your head now you're starting to see what i'm trying to show you we've made it about us when it's about him so when god wants to bless me he sees me in him and releases what he has accomplished through him did you find the scripture um, um just keep looking for it it says uh um that he has translated us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son and then wherever you find that just keep going for that so this is what i realized i was saying wait a minute i'm in covenant with god no I'm in the one who is in covenant with God. So then what the enemy cannot do is he cannot use my sins against me. Because I'm not in covenant with God. Jesus is in covenant. That's why, watch, if I confess my faults, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. Watch, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness let me repeat that again when you make a mistake the covenant does not break you grieve the one that he is in covenant with god the covenant stands so what i've discovered when when and i had to tell the person thank you for educating me so watch brothers and sisters there are no curses in the church did you hear what i just said I'll repeat that again soon. There are no curses in the church because the church is a part of a covenant that cannot be broken. That's why the Bible teaches us that he has delivered us from the curses of the law. So when you understand, did you find it? Ah, go to verse number 12. And then I'm going to explain why repentance is important. If you really, really are honest with yourself, you are in covenant with God. I, all the mistakes I make, every week the covenant breaks. <laughs> That's why the new covenant watch is better than the old. Am I right? That's why the book of Hebrews said it's a better covenant built on better promises. Come on, scholars. Come on, scholars. We are in the body of the one who has pleased the Father. I need the devil to know that I see it differently now. Mm -hmm. 
Watch, giving thanks. Notice how the apostle writes, unto the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Verse number 13, if you can, please watch. So this is what happens. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. When we teach this thing properly, it's not about you and your strength and abilities. It's not about what you can and cannot do. It's not about what you have and have not done. None of that moves the Father. It's what He has done that moves the Father. And when you realize that, you say, He must, I must get out of the way. And we make the church not about us, but we make it about... Didn't I tell you this earlier? That God did not speak to the woman. He made a covenant with Adam. Do you understand what I'm saying now? You and I are Eve. Didn't talk to us. Spoke to him. <laughs> and because he, can I talk like this, didn't eat the fruit. It doesn't matter what you do. He didn't eat the fruit. The covenant stands. Say that. Say I'm in covenant with Jesus Christ who is in covenant with God. I'm in him. What shall separate me from the love of Christ? I feel God in the room. I want to break a mindset that has you saved one day, not saved another day. Right with God one day, not right with God another day. Up today, down tomorrow. The devil is a liar. What shall separate me from the love of Jesus Christ? Neither height nor depth, principalities nor powers, things past or present, nothing shall if God, if God, if God, I repeat, if you're going to play, play. If God be for us, who then can be? Oh, I feel him in the room. I feel him in the room. What I'm teaching you is that your sin is not greater than the covenant. I think sometimes we're giving the devil too much room and authority. And so he's going to plague you with guilt. God already knows. Watch. Can I tell you something? God already knows you and I can't keep the covenant. That's why he didn't have a conversation with us. He knew that we couldn't be trusted. He knew that we'd break the covenant. He found his son. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And I declare to the church, if anyone in this room be in Christ. He is a new creature. All things are passed away. Open your eyes. Everything is new. Are you following me? Sit for a moment. I think I'm saved. 
I think I'm not saved. I think I please. We don't please God. He pleased God. (laughs) And the only way that you can understand this thing is watch is to rest in him. Sit down in him with the confidence that the covenant is sure. Having these precious promises, we're confident. I was teaching about, I'm in covenant with God, and so uh, this week I messed up. What about that covenant? (laughs) And then we can go from there and say, well, I broke the covenant. There's curses in my life. And it starts following us. And what we've done is we've missed the gospel and opened the door for the devil to come. And he starts telling me, yeah, you're under a curse. I can't lift my hands. I made a mistake. I'm under a curse. And God's trying to tell you, no, 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 no. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. If you make a mistake, go to the one who has kept the covenant. Ask him for mercy and come into my house and lift up your voice and lift up your hands. Because when I look at you, I see you in him. You are his righteousness, not your own. Pause. Pause. I want everyone to go and share this, please. Watch it again. I would remind you of Bible study. It's teaching us how we can just skew something by looking at it from the wrong perspective. Didn't I tell when I said, how many, I believe that too. I'm in a covenant with God. And so what I can do is I can make, listen carefully, and it's a fine line. I can make my actions salvation worthy. And before I know it, I'm actually walking out a salvation of works. And it's funny because there's no good work that I could have done. So you see the fine line. And when you're in covenant, it's, it's not a license to do whatever you want. It's a license to say, I will not grieve him who has established the covenant. I close by telling you this on this section. That's why the Bible says now, for all the promises of God in him. <laughs> Not the promises of God in pastor or in evangelist or sister prayer intercessor who loves the Lord with all her heart. All the promises of God in him, they are, yay, they are, amen, to the glory of God. It's all about Jesus, isn't it? And what he has done. The writers of scripture understood this. We're still playing a works game. We're still playing a deeds game. I can do, do, do. Watch. When he has done, done, done. (laughs) Watch this statement to let you know the covenant is fulfilled. Jesus comes on the cross and he says, It stop doing. Start believing. Look at me, everyone. Because I know some of you really want to do for God. Because that's, that's the wiring of sin. I can do so much. 
to make God say, I'm pleased with you. When the Bible writes about all of our doings, this is what the Bible says, for all of our righteousness, they're like the rags that you use to wash the car for God. They're filthy rags. He only sees us in Jesus Christ. What I should be teaching more and more of is how do I settle down as a Christian in Christ? How do I walk in Christ? That's walking in the spirit. I see you, my sister. Stretch your hands just for a moment, everyone. That's what I want. I want to be able to live in Christ. For in him, I live. I move. I have my being. All the promises are coming through this covenant that's been fulfilled. Don't work it up now. Believe it out. Mm. Every the expectations are of this covenant. That's why, Leslie, thank you for the worship today. I thank you, everyone. I listened to you pray this morning because when you were praying, you may not realize, but you're just uh, just over from my office. And you're praying about the blood and things like that with the team. It's all about Jesus, brothers and sisters. The more we understand that if I can teach enough to get you to see him, David, always. And to get you to realize that it's in him you're living, moving. Done my job. Cut my head off. If you will, cut my head off. So that he would increase. And I would decrease. Now when you teach it like that, you understand that repentance is setting you right with respect to how you see him, how you think, how you desire him, and how you seek to do the will of him whom God has sent. It is any wonder, watch, to come to the Lord, salvation begins with this, isn't it? confession and repentance let me show you what the bible says watch if you will confess with your mouth who <laughs> the lord jesus if you confess with your mouth i believe in jesus if we do our job and we teach him and people say i believe in jesus i receive jesus and if we believe in our hearts that god hath raised him from the dead what that means is we believe he's alive. And watch, why is he alive? He's alive mediating the covenant. That's why there's one mediator between God and man. The man, Jesus Christ. He ever lives. Watch this. Can I show you something? You say, um, Dalton, pray for me. I'm going through something. Uh, watch, as, as wonderful as that sounds, watch. He ever lives to make intercession for me so watch while i'm going through something he is praying for me <laughs> what i should do is i should say thank you lord for the prayers that you're making for me and because you're praying for me i shall not die but i shall live 
and I shall declare the works of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you ever live to make intercession for me. This is going to be a successful day. I will apprehend that for which I've been apprehended. Thank you, Lord, that you're praying for me. Have you ever thought about that? The one who's kept covenant is praying for you. And you don't think about that. And the ones among us who break covenant all the time, you say, pray for me. <laughs> and I understand what you mean. But there's a higher dimension that produces an assurance. Once you begin to confess that, do you know what he said to Peter when, when they were about to go to the, uh, the cross? And Peter said, if all men forsake you, Lord, I, I, I will not forsake you. I'm going to be there. And Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. You don't even know what's been planned for you. But I have prayed for you. Watch. And when thou art converted strengthen your brethren in other words i prayed beyond your failures i know you're going to mess up in the garden i know you're going to tell some lies but i have prayed for you in other words my prayer goes beyond your mistakes and sees you in your future thank you lord my prayer goes beyond your mess ups i see you in your future and when thou art no questions about it and when thou art converted strengthen do you understand what I'm trying to tell you he's actually prayed he knows if I'm going to mess up on Friday he knows all about that already he's already prayed for that and he, he sees me on the other side of that and the reason why we know that God hears him is because he's kept covenant <laughs> The Catholic guy, I, I, I'm not going to condemn him. He tells me that I should call on Mary. I tell him she's in the same boat as me. <laughs> Why would I call on her? She's in the same mess I'm in. Why wouldn't I call? And those that call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth therein and they're safe. When you're in trouble, run to Jesus. I'm coming, Lord. I'm coming, Lord. I just gotta get in. Somebody say, Jesus. I'm coming, Lord. I'm coming, Lord. I'm in a mess, but I'm coming, Lord. Jesus. 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 Throw your hand back. Jesus. Sean, sit for a moment. I'm going to take two more minutes and let you go. Who, who's building the church? 
Who's building the church? See, that's why I don't understand. Pastors mess up, people run away from the body because they're using that model. I'm not building no church. I'm not building no church. Let me repeat that again. I'm not building no church. I heard the one who keeps covenant say, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates. I want the devil to hear. I'm not building a church. I'm not building anything upon this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. We've got it backwards. I confess to you, we've got it backwards. Our focus has been man-centered when it should be Christ-centered. So all the church is in trouble. Pastor Miko messed up. Bishop so-and-so messed up. The church is in trouble. I didn't start the church. I didn't find the church. I didn't die for the church. I was invited into the church. I'm a member of the body of the church. But there is one who is the head of the church and he's the one and if we would get it right the devil would not stand a chance against him who went to hell and took the keys of death hell and the grave and then said i am he that was dead but i am alive forever more i've got the keys of death hell and the grave somebody say jesus stand on your feet everyone let's talk about jesus let's talk about jesus Let's talk about Jesus, the great I am, and let's talk about Jesus. Tired of talking about what we're, we're not thinking. If you talk about me, you're talking about someone that's flawed. You already know that. What do you expect to see? Flaws. If I focus on you, that's what I'm going to see over time. But if I can focus on him, make him the center of everything, make him the king of my life. Thank you for educating me. Hmm? If we would make this ministry about Jesus and not everything else that we have made it and stop working up what he's accomplished for us. My God, how theological do you want me to be today? Every priest in the Old Testament served the tabernacle or the temple, stood up all day on his feet. Didn't matter if his feet was hurting him because he could not sit down because it was not finished. Took the blood, kept walking. Took the sack, kept walking. My shift is over, another priest kept walking. No priest could sit down in the work of securing salvation. But when Jesus, when he finished the work, the Bible said he ascended and he sat down. 
at the right hand of God. Are you hearing me? Until his enemies are made his footstool. Relax. Relax. And get the, you know, they say, let the main thing be the main thing. That's why I think the Holy Spirit sort of directed me, Giselle, in that moment to tell you to close your eyes and focus on Him. And you saw how challenging that can be, right? Because of all the traffic. Enemy wants you to see everything else but Him. Hmm? I close on these words. Leslie, would you come? Do you recall Bible study, guys? Bible study. Join us online, in person. You know, I'd love to see you here. Because what I'm starting to realize, and I'll share the last thing, is the teaching that we're doing, it's not really designed to make you shout without thinking. But it's designed to make you think, make me think. Because you can shout over what you're not thinking about. And you can never do what you haven't thought about. But the more you start to think, that doesn't make sense. So I'm open to being challenged because even those of us who stand here can have a skewed perspective, well intended, but it can be skewed. So when we do Q&A, I say to them, you know what, guys, I want to hear your questions, your thoughts, your inputs, because we're in the body of someone who's fulfilled covenant. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when Moses was in the wilderness? Everything, you know, everything in the Bible was written about Jesus, right? Luke 24, 44, you can put it up if you want. So every time they moved, God was just showing them a picture of him. And the people started complaining, bah, 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 bah. And God started to send snakes among them. People started getting bit. And God said to Moses, make a brazen serpent. Put it on a pole. That's the cross. Put the thing that bit you up there. Are you thinking, are you thinking now? Put the thing that bit you up there and then look up on it. And the Bible said all they had to do was just look up and they lived. Jesus comes marching down in the Gospel of John. He said, as Moses lifted up the brazen serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. But you're going to say, but he didn't sin. No, God made him to become sin. In other words, God bit him with the bug that bit us and put him up there and then told us, just look on him and you shall live. I don't want to cheapen the gospel walk, but I do want to say this. Salvation is not hard. Because if it was, it would be labor. And you can't be laboring when he has entered into his rest. Salvation is easy. That's what he said, right? Didn't he say that? Come on to me. Take my yoke. Bind yourself to me. My yoke is, say it, easy. My burdens are, so why are you killing me? We develop ministries where people are being killed. Carrying heavy burdens that sometimes preachers cannot even bear themselves. When all it takes is for you to lift your hands to Jesus. Listen, I'm going to give you some advice. If you're in trouble this week, just lift your hands to Jesus. Humble yourself and say, I have made a mistake, God. 
but no other help have I but you. I lift my eyes to Jesus, every hand raised up. I want us to take 30 seconds. Repentance, quickly, here's what he does with your hands up. It changes your thinking. You stop thinking the way you used to be. And you start thinking about what you could be in him. It changes your appetite. You stop desiring the things of this world. And you start to desire him. And all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that you want Jesus. That's why he said, I'm the bread that came down. It changes your direction, your decisions. And you say this because repentance is a soulish act. It's mind, heart, and will. If it's a soulish act, it says, I don't want what's outside the tabernacle. I want what's inside the veil. So my direction changes. I stop going after the darkness. And I start to head to the light. Lift your hands if you want to repent with me. I boldly declare in the sight of God and the congregation that I repent of every false thought, every appetite that did not please the one in covenant, every decision that I've made that took me away from the light. I repent before you, God. I lift my hands to Jesus and I say, have mercy upon me, son of David. Blot out all my transgressions. Wash all my sins away. I accept Jesus. I make him Lord of my life. I want to be baptized in his name. I want to be filled with his spirit. I want to bear the fruits of his spirit. I want to be just like Jesus. Thank you. Leslie's coming now. Give it to him. If you're going to celebrate, point it to him. Whatever he has done, say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.